In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Cute Code, Wood Elf, and Mythical present Ronstadt, starring Rhett McLaughlin and Link Neal. Created by Jonathan Straley and Brandon Bestenheider. Episode 9, The Killing Moon, Part 2. Hello, listeners. Be advised the show uses immersive audio. It may seem like sounds are coming from around or behind you. Please use caution when operating a motor vehicle. The following episode contains depictions of violence that may be triggering for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. So, I'm here in the bad guy's hideout, and I find Kenner Lash's henchman, the Shadow Watch. You are mine! He really said that. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy. <laughs> and I really laughed at him. Ah! Ah! Oh! Turns out he fights like Kimmy's mom. Oh! Oh! Oh, that's a compliment. He's terrific. I should be on my ass, but strangely, I won't go down. Must be the magic. Get up. Make me. Okay. Sorry, you're probably wondering how we got here. Let's backtrack a bit, shall we? Hey man, no groin! I could use a breather anyway. Let's rewind to before my ass whooping. Here we go. I was sneaking up to the shadow layer and heard this. Cold draft, cold draft, cold draft. And then this. So I set Gus's stopwatch for 10 minutes and hit start. 
There's a window. Nice. I found a way in. Magic trap. Well, it was a window. Then it turned into a mouthful of monster teeth. Found another window. This one was boarded up. Could not get it open. Thought about bailing. Play some records, maybe around a mini-golf. Reminded myself that these mean shits have to be stopped. And... I'm in. Slid into the basement with 40 pounds of tiki torches, Monty's potion, plus Vez's big-ass barbarian knife. And immediately met these hungry bros chained up like guard dogs in the basement. Based on the fact they were half decomposed and full on trying to eat me. I'm gonna say they were a pair of those phantom zombie feasters Knee Slapper was going on about. They look at me like I look at a platter of nachos. You guys hungry? That's right, chew on that. Shout out to the turkey jerky I forgot was in my jacket pocket. The feasters prefer human, but they take what they can get. And the break room vending machine saved my life. I finally reached the first floor. This is as far as you go. That's where I met Lash's goon. How you doing, sidekick? Sidekick? I'm the man who is going to kill you. My name is Zamora. Zamora? Zesty? I don't want to be killed by like a Harold or Nathaniel. Wasn't sure if he recognized me from his boss's nightclub. Yeah, it's me. I got a haircut. Great, so we're all up to speed. Samora hits me so hard I hear yodeling. Now is that Swiss or country yodeling? Damn, I forgot to give Faye those records, and now she's... I checked the stopwatch, and I've spent about 40 seconds too long with this clown. So I, well, I run away. Work my way up the catwalks looking for the ceremonial chamber. Not at the top yet. Hallway, long one. The goon's gaining on me. Catch a breath. There you are. Shit. Prepare to get scalped. He's got an ax. I've got the potion Monty mixed. This hall's the perfect place to use it. He swings. I swallow. And? What the hell? The potion is nutty. It's like a cartoon jump. I teleport in and out of different doors along the hallway, straight out of Looney Tunes. Ain't happening, man. Now I'm over here. 
Final catwalk. Leads to the chamber. I'm home free. Got you! Dude won't quit. Zamora's got me all right. By Aunt V's medallion. But... The medallion's chain gives out. Too dainty and delicate to support this beefcake. Okay, like I said, the ceremonial chamber door. I reach for the handles. It rises inside of me. Listerine blood, the old mouthwash sensation. Seriously? Now? Like every ounce of blood, every vital organ is tingling. Rocks me down deep. Feel it in my bones. And then... It's gone. And I feel like me. The way I'm supposed to feel. Solid. Dare I declare... Stable. Even though there's a war waiting for me on the other side of this door. I... I am at peace. You do feel at peace. Ah. What? Headfox, you're back. What? When? I recall you diving into a very dry swimming pool and then nothing. Until you took a very firm karate kick to the head about five minutes ago. Well, Headfox, you came back just in time. Ah, uh, just in time for what, good friend? I bomb through the doors, dagger in hand. Chamber is dark. I light a tiki torch. The room is exactly as Hattie described. The shadow mancers in a circle, kneeling on some spiffy mats. Their eyes are open, but look like they've been shot full of black ink. The sorcerers don't see me, plunged in a trance. There are 14, no, 15 of them. And there he is, my absolute favorite wizard in the world, Kenner Lash. I didn't realize you were so fond of him. I was kidding, Headvox. You feeling okay? Right, right, sorry. I, I, I'm still getting back into the swing of things. Five minutes left on the countdown. I get to work, lighting the rest of the torches. Plant them along the walls. Hoping the fire will keep the vile lurks from making a comeback. So far, so good. <gasps> I turn around to see Kenner Lash is no longer kneeling. He's standing tall. Eyes are still black, vacant. If I knew what a Bitcoin was, I'd bet one the Shadow Master senses something's up. I wasn't able to practice the powerful new spell Hattie taught me. And here's why. Using the side B dagger, I carve an X into the palm of my hand. My friend, I can't watch that. It's not black magic, but 
it's not the sunny kind either. There's no defense against it, and it can't be survived. Spell's name is in some long dead language, but loosely translated, it means... Maximum Oblivion. I make a fist, focusing on it and nothing else. It starts to glow, not white like before, but red. I know as soon as I open my fist, my buddy Kenner here is kaput. What? Something snuffs out the torches. A shadow, slipping through a crack in the wall. I've met this one before. I eat cement. The dagger goes flying. My spell misfires. The shadow's on top of me. Grabs the dagger, never slowing down, heads right for Lash, and runs him straight through the heart. His shadow shakes, releases me. And Kenner Lash's lifeless body kisses the floor. The vile lurk slides to its dead host. Not sure how it's still standing if Lash isn't. It's part of him. The creature actually seems to grieve. It's gone. Are you hurt? Not enough to complain about it. I'm mad at you, you know. But we're not finished yet. The rest of the Shadow Mancers haven't moved an inch. Still entranced, sitting ducks. I go to pull the dagger from Lash. His eyes have turned gray and bulge from the sockets. Ugh. Not a hot look. You hear that? They're coming fast. We gotta do this. I look down at the Shadow Mancer closest to me. A woman with a spider tattoo over her heart. I stare at the bloody blade in my hand. Hattie, I, I can't just go psycho killer on these people. I don't care how bad to the bone they are. I know. Truth is, I don't really want to either. When I stabbed Lash, I felt a pull toward the darkness. There's no escaping it when you kill. Shit. Shit. Shit! So what do we do? You got another spell in that book of yours? I don't know. Don't know if I have the strength it would take. Um... Hey, hey, listen to me now, my friend. I'm listening. Who are you talking to? Magic can't solve everything. There has to be another way. So think, man, think real hard. But you have to make it fast. When you die, I die, and the good witch die too. Sweet, no pressure. Okay, okay. Um, well, you know, at this point, I'm not even sure I went to high school, but I remember sitting behind this pothead in history class, and the dude would order pizzas. It's kind of cool. Just get to the point, man! Ronnie, what the hell are you saying? I'm saying it looks like they all have assigned seats. Huh? 
Our buddies here. They're positioned like this for a reason. So, what if we switch things up? Maybe we can confuse the shadows. Hetty gets the picture. We both agree my idea is so dumb, it just might work. Together, we drag the comatose Shadowmancers from their individual ceremonial mats. And switch their positions in the circle. Now, Spider Tattoo is on Whitebeard's mat. Whitebeard is on Eyepatch's mat, and so on. It isn't easy, but we finish just as... Here we go. All at once, shadows swoop in and reunite with the bodies. Each Shadowmancer is fused with another's lurk, and they go into seizures. Flapping, flailing, as if the wrong soul entered the wrong body. Ronnie, that actually worked. They're cooked. Let's... The floor splits. The walls crack. Pipes and support beams rip out of plaster. The Shadowmancers are pulled into the air, their bodies twisting, crunching in half. Mashing up with chunks of the room. Oh, that guy, that's just, just revolting. All of it swirling together, forming something... Big. You've got to be joking. A massive head. Not a man, not a woman. Just a giant, awful, furious face. Drifting towards me. Ronnie, come on! Hattie hooked my arm. We sprint. The ceremonial chamber caves in behind us, right on top of the hovering head. What did we just see back there? Not sure, but I wish it hadn't seen us. The whole building is shaking. Every floor is pancaking. This sucker's coming down. Main floor. That's the exit. Watch out. Nearly trip over Zamora's busted body. Aunt V's medallion still clutched in his sweaty meat hook. The dude's dead fingers have gone stiff. Won't let it go. Ronnie, just forget it. What? Zamora has some life in him yet. He's squeezing my throat. A hunk of cement the size of a bowling ball drops from above. I start breathing again. Zamora stops for good. Get your stupid necklace and let's move! We do a hundred meter dash to the door. And belly flop to the ground. And what's left of the Shadowmancer Clubhouse? <coughs> See? Perfect timing. More like dumb luck.
In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Rhea Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. We retreat to Hattie's place. A room she's renting in the toy district. Teddy bears lined up on the mattress, a couple of kitten posters tacked to the wall. Glow-in-the-dark stickers of planets and shooting stars plastered on the ceiling. Looks more like Kimmy should be living in here than a 40-something witch. That was something. That was something. So, you want to talk about why you tried to ditch me? Going vigilante was my idea. If anything happened to you... There's still so much I don't know, like what's really inside of me. There have been some pretty dicey minutes where I've had to wonder which team I actually play for. This was a way to convince myself I'm on the right side. But I'm sorry if I've held anything back. I haven't told you all about my crazy, or all of my question marks. Well, I've held back a bit with you too. You know that oblivion spell? It's dangerous. An inexperienced magic user could blow themselves sky high trying to cast it. I believed you could handle it. But I wanted to be the one. Unfortunately, that's impossible. Hattie lowers her shirt and shows me your back and arms. I see the rest of that tattoo I noticed the other night. And this is no Sailor Jerry number or a pink rose with the first name of your first lay. Hattie. It's worse than I imagined. She's inked all over. Cryptic, sinister symbols running up and down, side to side, covering every inch of skin. There's something mean and hateful about these tats. They're more like... scars. Even the teddy bears on the bed want to look away. My father gave me these tattoos to keep my magic in check. To dampen my power. That's why some spells wipe me out and others are impossible for me to pull off. Why? I turned on them. Turned on my family. And when I left them behind, I gave myself a new name. Hattie Honey Butter. Nice and sweet and creamy and comforting. Things I want to be. Not what I was. Can you tell me your real name? Borella Zedzior. 
Even saying the name is painful for her. My family is one of the old magic families, the Bajura. The Zed's yours. We're like the mafia in the flat world, a crime family. There was a time when I was a faithful soldier, when I wore the Zedzior Golden Z with passion and pride, but my sister's spiral, my mother's malice, my father's greed. It wasn't you. No. At least I didn't want it to be. Why do you think I'm written a room above a novelty shop in the middle of the toy district? Why do I wear hot pink shoelaces, jelly bracelets, and cat patches on my jean jacket? Why do I sleep on a bunk bed and keep a gumball machine on the counter? I want to drown myself in happy goodness. Her story hits me hard. I tell her I'm happy she became Hattie Honey Butter. Side B, side A, shit. The whole world's a better place with her in it. So, are you okay with being on top? As long as this puppy doesn't collapse like that building tonight. Hattie takes the bottom bunk. I slap some tape on the medallion and put it around my neck before hitting the sheets. Then, I sleep like I haven't in... 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 What? <coughs> Sorry, that was pretty loud. Uh, that was pretty rude. Sounded like it was ringing inside my head. <laughs> no, it was. That's a spell called Wide Awake. I don't trust alarms. <laughs> I smell bacon. Yeah, there's no bacon. That's part of the spell. Oh. Hattie and I spend the rest of the day locked in her apartment. We stare at my chest a lot. No, not because it's sexy. We're watching my shadow mark, and by the time the sun goes down again, there's barely a trace of it. Hmm. I don't think the long coats will be drawn to you anymore. That's good news. But whatever that head thing was we saw last night could be. Uh, what? That, that head. That was a, a manifestation of black magic like I've never witnessed. Whoever's hiding behind it, they're next level, off the charts. Ronnie, I believe we are seeing the cruel harvest start to unfold. I'm working with that until someone out there proves otherwise. Hattie hands me a spare key to her apartment. Stay here as long as you want. Might be safer than your joint. Thanks, but where, where are you going? I'm headed to the one place I was sure I'd never go back. Home. What? Hattie, you just finished telling me your dad's a devil. Oh, he is. But facing my father, my family, reconnecting with all that darkness, they're either a part of this plan or they're in the way of it. It's our best shot at discovering who our true enemy is. Well, if you have to reconnect with your shit family, do me a favor, okay? Stay you. <laughs> I'll try, Ronnie. You know I will. But if you're worried that the next time we meet, there's a chance things might not be so friendly between us, 
to. I'll lock it. Wait, where are you going? Gotta go to work. After all we've been through, you're still gonna sit down at that regular meaningless job? I wouldn't call it regular. Meaningless? I don't know. Somebody out there might need my help. Besides, what the hell else am I gonna do? Let me give you a lift. Awesome. Actually, would you mind making a couple of stops along the way? What is this place? The old orphan asylum. It's gonna disappear in a few minutes. Keep the car running. Got you. You're in, Timothy. You can't catch me. <laughs> there they are, the Boo Kids on the block. Their faces light up. You came back. Pack your things. We're leaving this place. Pack our things? We don't own anything, silly goose. Even better. Come on, kids. Get out of there without the grave trader tagging me. For now. There you go. Into the back. Everybody in? Yay! <laughs> we drive to the burbs. Remember the lonely woman? The caller who can see ghosts? Figure she could use some company. Glove compartment. Why? Activating another enchantment to the Buick? No. I could use the tissue. Come in, children. <laughs> Come in. Hey, 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 Los Angeles is officially on its feet again as rolling blackouts come to an end. Patty gets me to the call center five minutes before showtime. Oh, Ronnie, one more thing. She hands me a purple sticky note. What's this? My limit on saving someone's ass is three times. You have to learn to do it on your own. That's in the dress for a magic school. It's in the strip mall out in the valley. Magic school? Doesn't that sound too much like- Yeah, but this one's real. Guy who runs it, he's, um, different. But he can help you. I, I don't know. Well, I do know. You're enrolled. Class to start next week. Hattie, th there's a lot going on. Wait, what the? No matter how hard I shake it, Hattie's sticky note won't come free from my hand. That's not coming loose until you promise me you'll go. Okay, fine. I'll go. It's off. And so is Hattie. I watched the Buick rumble on down the boulevard. And I swear, just before the taillights disappear, 
The station wagon turns into... Huh. A taco truck. The whole building fell down, yes. Uh, we had a number of calls about this last night. Uh, it sounds very exciting. Hmm. Guess it's news even when an abandoned building bites the dust. You! Cattywampus! What? You... you're... Don't touch me! Sorry. Uh, boss? Had to touch him. Make sure he's not a ghost. When do you ship out? Huh? <laughs> Your new haircut. <laughs> oh, you know, just trying something fresh. Huh. What the hell happened to your head? Oh, uh, I, um, it, it got caught in the vending machine. I, you're here. Yeah, I am. Reports of my heart attack were greatly exaggerated. It was just some kind of, uh, episode. Episode? Yeah, the point is, I'm back on my feet. I feel great, actually. Not that you asked. I'm sorry, I had to... Uh, I mean, what brought on the episode? I mean, what do you remember? <laughs> that is just it. I, I don't remember nothing. Not a damn thing. I came to on the kitchen floor. My boys called 911 just like I taught them. I'm just thankful they weren't mistakenly transferred over to you. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I liked your old hairdo better. Zabity, pa, pa, ba Sweet. I make a blood pact with a grotesque being from beyond, and this fool doesn't remember a thing. He's not a believer. Never will be. What's worse, I'm sure the grave trader is still expecting me to hold up my end of our deal. Nine one, what's your freaky? I settle into my tight, tiny elevator office. You said your area rug floated out of the living room window like a magic carpet? I'm listening. But I'm not listening. My mind drifts to Faye out on the road. <laughs> yes, thank you, San Diego! To my friends, both living. Mai Tai with an extra cherry. Just the way you like it. And undead. <laughs> and my mind drifts to that horrible, humongous, evil head. When, all of a sudden, uh, the doors close. Control panel lights up. And this elevator that hasn't budged since the 60s is on the move. Floor numbers blink by. We're going down, Greta! We're going all the way down. I reached my destination, the basement. I didn't know the call center had a basement. figure steps out of the darkness before me. A man. He's small. The smile on his face isn't. 
Hello. My name's Lennox. And I used to have your job. <laughs> uh... What? <laughs> Jonathan Straley, Dellen Wall, Isaiah Dell, Bryce Patterson, Winston Jones, Raul Ceballos, and Adam MacArthur. Created by Jonathan Straley and Brandon Bestenheider. Written directed by Jonathan Straley and Brandon Bestenheider. Executive produced by Rhett McLaughlin, Link Neal, Stevie Wynn-Levine, Mallory Schwartz, Rob Herding, and David Henning. Co-executive producers Chris Ferguson and Andrew Levine. Produced by Alexa Gabrielle Ramirez and Marlena Ma. Co-producers Jacob Moncrief and Michelle Zarati. Associate producer Jenna Purdy. Supervising producers Sandra Yiling and Shin Yin Hee Original music and composition by Mike McGinnis. Q-Code head of music Darren Johnson. Q-Code head of mixing Ben Milchev. Audio engineering by Ryan Walsh, Ben Milchev, and Neely Oftering. Edited by Braden McCluskey. Sound design by Umberto Corte. Sound mix by Eugenio Battaglia. Casting by Sunday Bowling and Meg Mormon. Assistant director, Kelsey Adams. Script supervisor, Liam Hooper. Welfare worker, Valerie Pritzlaff. Assistant engineering by Beatrice Noronha. Additional editing by Matt Smalley. Dialogue editing by Andrea Velarde. Sound effects editing by Christophe Classe and Alex Lara Peralta. Production coordinators, Brandon Weisner and Anna Basha Yoakum. Post coordinator, Rachel Yanover. Production assistants, Nathan Yan, Bailey Grayson, and Jillian Avenas. Production legal, Christina Bolbrook and Lindsay Keel. Production accounting, Pin Chen Liu. Production would like to thank Brittany Parves. Produced in association with Oddfellows Post. Ronstadt is a Q-Code, Wood Elf, and Mythical production. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. 
As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.